Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you lovely mixologists out there. This is your host, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay. Oh, my goodness, y'all. Okay. I am recording this on a breaking news hot, what is this, Wednesday, Tuesday? Tuesday. I don't even know what day it is. That is how crazy this week has already been. And it's only 48 hours into it, okay? So, a few things are going to go down. Let's just do some housekeeping first. Now, let's just get into the mess first, okay? Dorinda is leaving New York. Breaking news. Alert, 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 alert. Siren, siren. Do we do we applaud? Do we cry? Do we sob? Do we cheer? What the, what, what, what do we do? I don't know. Everyone, (laughs) I posted her or reposted her departure that she posted on Instagram, her very sad departure. I kid you not. I got, it's so many mixed reviews on my Instagram post of what people feel about Dorinda leaving. There's so many mixed feelings. Dorinda Medley of the fame of the Housewives of New York, former wife of Richard until his untimely passing, um, host of every Berserkshire's outing we've ever loved, hated, endured, enjoyed. She has decided to leave us on this Bravo planet that we are on. She writes us, she says, what a journey this has been. I have laughed and cried and tried to make it nice, but all things must come to an end. This was a great outlet for me to heal when my late husband, Richard, passed away. Record scratch. Um, Healed is a bold word. One I don't know if I would use automatically to describe what we have endured Dorinda going through as her husband has passed. Um, Anyways, back to the post. She says, she continues, I have met so many interesting people and learned so much about myself, about life, and about women along the way. Can't argue there. Thank you to Bravo and NBC for the incredible ride and to the castmates for constant stimulation and entertainment. Cannot argue there. I wish you all health, happiness, and success. Who, girl, my comments are wild. Please feel free. Go to Mixing with Moni's Instagram and let me know what you're thinking. You know, write it in the comments. There are no wrong answers. There's a lot of, OMG, love you, Dorinda. Why am I crying? I'm crying. Um, I really wanted to see her be who she was when we first met her. I understand that. Uh, what about the Berserkshires? Now, that is where I lay. That is where Moni's conscious lay. Dorinda, this season is not cute. There's a lot going on there. Mental health, possibly some alcohol abuse 
possibly something else abuse. We don't know. We don't know. All alleged. We don't know anything. We know that whatever's going on, it's not a healthy environment for her. There was a lot going on. Some grief, maybe some counseling needed, um, a lot of trust in a chiropractor to focus on her mind and not just her spine. Whereas we could go to a therapist, you know, a grief counselor, AA, anything, just anyone who is capable of helping her work through her trauma that she is clearly still dealing with. But selfishly, what do we do if we're not going to the Berkshires? I do not know. I do not know what Roni looks like. I'm hearing there's still going to be one more exit majorly announced. I wanted to wait until we figured out who it was, but I don't think I can wait that long. So here I am realizing that we'll just never have the Berkshires again. We will not be the same. Um, the housewife ho Instagram literally has the Vicky sobbing as the meme, like the Vicky sobbing on the floor when she found out about her mom's passing. Uh, why is that a meme, guys? Why is that a gift? That's so wrong. But the housewife ho has it captioned me realizing the berserkers will never be the same. And that is where I want to be. That is where I feel. I don't know. what That's arguably the best time that we have every year. The only good thing that's come out of this season so far really has been the berserkers because it was that fucking berserk. So don't know what we do, but I'm not okay. A lot of people are not okay. I want her to get the help she needs, but man, does she have to leave us to get it? Of course she does. This is an unhealthy, toxic environment. We all know that. Speaking of unhealthy and toxic environments, let me tell y'all the plan today. So here's what happens. I'm going to hold off on talking this past episode of New York and um, until next week because not too much is going on there or Beverly Hills. I'm briefly going to touch on the Housewives of Beverly Hills baby shower for Teddy and Buka the baby shower um, for Dorit, the Dorit through for Teddy. I'm, I'm saying briefly because I'm trying to find a way to talk about Beverly Hills for longer than three minutes. And I'm thinking that the finale coming up after I record this, looping that with this past episode that I would be recording about this week, right, right now, I think that will make it go longer than three minutes because as it stands, nothing else really happened outside of the baby shower with Brandy. And I'm going to bring my thoughts from my Instagram to this podcast. For those of y'all who do not follow me on there, do follow me there. I will always do both. I will always have new fresh hot takes, but I'm going to talk about the baby shower briefly. I'm going to talk about Potomac because it was shady, funny, a hot mess, uh, really fun to get into. It was funny, but we still, that's not enough for an entire show. So if you're wondering, how is it so long, Monty? You're talking about you're not going to do your job. You're saying you're not going to talk about all the shit. The how is it a long episode? Because I'm seeing it, it's long. Here's how, I'll tell you. Everyone is instructed, unless you have a great memory, like we all do over here, um, when we're not lubricated with some cocktails and things, you should go watch House of the Potomac season three, episode 13 on Hulu. Then return back to us over here at Mixing with Moni and join me with two Bravo newcomers, recap the marriages, especially the dynamic between Chris and Candace on the House of the Potomac. We talk Ashley and Michael. We, this is the episode where Ashley sings Coffee and Love 
one of the not greatest songs ever um, for the first time to Michael. This is the episode where Candace is reeling from telling Chris some really harsh things about his family and, you know, nasty text messages all because he called her a princess. And this is the episode where basically Monique and Chris, her husband, Chris Daniels, become everybody's favorite couple. That's pretty much what happens. So I have these friends of mine, um, family, actually. Um, Janae is a sister to me and she and her husband, they are newlyweds. They are the barbers and they are hosts of a podcast as well called Planet Millennial Marriage, where they talk marriage things from a millennial perspective as millennial marriages have somehow managed to be very, very different in these worlds because 2020, what? 2019, what? The 2000s, what? They tackle all marriage things and have a lot of great content on their Instagram and in their podcast. So I had to bring them on over to my world because I'm not married, but here I am talking about all these married folk. And Potomac has a lot of married folk, right? So I had them watch episode 13 of season three on Hulu as well. Um, You can do Hulu, HeyU, BravoTV.com, Bravo app, whatever, it's a wild ride. I cannot, cannot lie. And I think my thought process was throw them into the deep end, have them talk about it, have them give me their real thoughts about what they expect. And that's some questions from a married perspective. Also from a man's perspective, because I don't always get that. We talk a lot about the husbands and a lot about marriages. And I talk to a lot of married people, but I don't always get a husband's perspective on what these things are and what these shows, you know, are doing. So it's called Mime Your Own Business. This is the episode about the mime, the mime with Karen and Giselle trying to invite them to uh, France, I believe. And they are too busy fighting that they don't even know that the mime is not just there to get 15 minutes of fame, but to invite them on a trip. So how you suggest you go watch Mime Your Own Business, season three, episode 13. And when I get to that part, well, uh, I'll tell you, you can pause it and come back and listen to them and me recap that episode. And again, get you into Potomac. This was an episode that I put on my top 10 list to get you into this franchise. I talked about it on Hot Takes and Deep Dives with Jess. And it's a hilarious episode. A lot of people love this damn mime, but I'm in it for a lot of other reasons. And it's shady and funny. And I guess I promise y'all, they were not prepared for <laughs> how wild the housewives can get. So for nothing else, listen to people who are Bravo beginners, like watch Bravo and watch housewives pretty much for the first time and be shocked and amazed at what goes down on our screens and the filth that we enjoy. That's coming up. But first, I'll talk this baby shower, a little Beverly Hills. Once Beverly Hills ends, then I'll be able to have be able to recap a whole bunch of it. And then once Potomac keeps going, I'll probably spend more time on that and try to add another show because we're we're running out of content, guys. Potomac's ending. New York is on its way out. It's I mean Potomac's not ending, it just started. Beverly Hills is ending, New York's on its way out. Potomac just got here, but what do we watch? Also, you know, so I'm trying to do some more jam-packed episodes and try to figure out what I'm going to do. In the meantime, might take a break to do a season 
four of my show. So as the shows end, I'll probably just do a lot of other people's podcasts to talk about Potomac since that might be the only thing on at that moment until we can get some new content. Stay tuned for that. Um, Overall, outside of taking like maybe a week off or two weeks off for uh, just to, to wait see what we have to watch um, and figure out what to do with the podcast as, you know, Corona has ended most everything, I will be letting you guys know what comes next. But we're going to talk a little bit of Beverly Hills with this baby shower and a whole lot of Potomac. And then I want you guys to recap, I mean, rewatch episode 13, Mind Your Own Business with me, Janae and Theo Barber um, from Planet Millennial Marriage podcast. And <laughs> it's enjoy it's a treat it's actually so hilarious I thought about releasing it by itself until Bravo content kind of disappointed so then I needed to you know add it to something so y'all would actually listen yeah Dorinda has me all messed up I'm I'm so confused so concerned oh also another thing in hot topics we have learned that OC will be coming out this year in October, it's looking like, and it'll only be about 12 episodes. So we will pretty much start and finish Royal High Fives of Orange County's year of filming during Black Lives Matter, during COVID, during 2020 overall. We will be able to see the entirety of it in 2020. That's crazy. 12 episodes is very, very short. I don't think that includes the reunion. So that might put us at about 14 minimum, 15 max, if they don't already include the reunion episodes. They already finished filming, and they had two breaks, two halts, I think, maybe more. They had to stop filming because of COVID. Then they had to basically stop filming again or take a break because two people in the cast got COVID during COVID when they started filming. So they're, they're being very safe, but it could be the reason why they're cutting everything short. The finale episode apparently went okay. But I hear we're going to cover a lot. I hear we're going to talk protests in America. I hear we might talk COVID, but I don't think we'll see their protocols, but know that they were being as safe as they physically possibly could. And that might even interrupt some of our normal production value because of how safe they were trying to be limiting camera crews and producers and people around and where they were filming and everything. But we're going to get OC this year. Do we know when we're getting Salt Lake City? Hell no. Do we know anything else? Hell no. I don't know what's going on. I think Jersey is delayed still too, but Summer House is filming in quarantine. So maybe that soon. I don't know, girl. We are shocked and amazed that we even have any content. But until then, we just got to see what happens. And Orange County is where we will see it. I'm not sure I want to relive Black Lives Matter through Kelly Dodd. I I can almost definitively promise you I don't. So will I cover it? I don't know. Will I ask other people to cover it? Probably, just like the underpunk rules, but I would do my best because it's my job. And y'all are like, hey, girl, this is your job, okay? You watch the shows, so if we do, we have someone else to talk to about it. Or if we don't watch it, it's your job. Do your job. I get it. I got it. I will do my job. I will watch as much as I can, as much as my mental health allows, it makes it very hard because, you know, ratings of my own, depending on it, I, speaking of, I see you guys, I hear you guys, thank you for not trying to trash my ratings just because of the overlap of conversation, it is very 
difficult for me. I, I think I'm going to start filming or recording with people via face, like looking at their faces so I can see when they're about to start talking. And that way I don't have to talk over them. I'm a very overpowering presence. I get that. That does not mean I, it's an excuse. That does not mean people should not be able to talk. They should be able to talk. I have them on the show because I think they're amazing and hilarious. And I want to hear what they have to say. And I know you do too. So I will figure that out. I promise it is my number one priority. I actually think I wake up about it. I'm not even kidding. So I will do that for you. And thank you for all of your lovely support, all your five stars, except for the couple of you who like to do a two star I never understood a two star, but because it's like one, yeah, you hate me. I get it. You don't like something I said and you decide to trash the entire podcast because of the one thing you don't agree on. Got it. Four, understood mic problems. You know, we're all out of a studio. We're all, this is all free. This is all expensive to me, not to you. So I get it. Even being a little picky, but two, just don't get it. Like, what does what two, what does two do? Like you like it, but you don't, but you like it a little bit, but not a lot, but I don't know doesn't make sense go listen to someone you do like you don't like me that much you know but nevertheless the construction criticism I do appreciate I will do my best to make sure I let my guests talk and stop cutting them off that is not the reason I chose not to have anyone on this week frankly my heart just wasn't in it because the episodes were like except for Potomac so taking a quick break we will get into the book of the baby shower I'm never going to stop calling it that and Potomac and then I will introduce you all to the barbers and I edited that in a very fun way so I hope you enjoy and if you don't rewatch, just listen and maybe it'll encourage you to want to rewatch. so you have something to do as Bravo content does start to dwindle be right back all right so I don't want this to be too long so I'll try to keep it brief lol but you know it's always a catch-22 because sometimes like girl shorten your episodes cut off the background and then it's like girl long in your episodes that's not a word give me more I'm trying to clean my house so I don't know how to please everyone so I'm just gonna have a good time okay hope you do too let's start with Potomac and then I'll end with Beverly Hills because we're gonna go back to Potomac so I don't want it to be an overload there's good and bad things to say about Potomac the only bad things to say are it's not long enough and I don't get to binge it because it is truly giving me life it is so shady and funny I find a good I I find myself having a good time watching it again just to jump ahead and then jump right back Robin's description of Karen Robin's description of Karen. Yes, I did start it too early. She looks like Pepto-Bismol. Cut. Pink Barney. Cut. My Little Pony. (laughs) Just, the shade on here is so good. It's so much fun. It's messy. They are quick. I'm having a great time watching it. I mean, she's not wrong. She does kind of look like Kayonce is channeling also My Little Pony. That much is true. Backtracking. I had a really good time watching uh, Matt come back. Matt, the assistant, it was in quotes. That's editor's brava. Um, then we have a scene in Telegram 
like to invite to a party for what? It's not even really, is it a housewarming party? Is it we finally moved back to a city that we can afford to live in? What's happening here? Like poor Ray, he really is just trying to move to Florida. And that's just something we cannot accomplish for this man. Um, We have Giselle and her daughter who looks so annoyed that she has to film every inch of her mama's time with her apparently on camera taking a dance class. Giselle's not good at the dance class and Grace is letting her know she's not good at the dance class. I I love Giselle and her daughter's relationship. I do think that Giselle needs to get out of this fantastical idea that every kid wants their parents to be together. Full stop. That is not true. The, The parent job is fiction. One. Two, those kids are not kids. It's one person. It's Lindsay Lohan, who is an actress. We don't all dream about our parents getting back together. I promise you, every kid of a broken home does not, especially if that's what they've pretty much only ever known. She talks about how that's all they've ever known. So why would they want to make this major change that would totally change the dynamic they have with their father and their mother? Not to mention, you talked about their daddy being a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, and being some shit. Why would they want their ain't shit cheating daddy to be married to their mom who they love? Because he, who he is as a father doesn't mean they would approve of who he is as a husband. And I think that's the point. They may love him as daddy. They may not love him as the man for mommy, which would make sense because they don't want mommy to be hurt. And if you don't want mommy to be hurt, you don't want her to be with a man you know what hurt her and he has hurt her. So it's hard for them to, not to mention, it would be hard for them to not muddy those waters and muddy those waters for them where they're like, we love my, our father, but damn, we don't want him to hurt our mother because we don't like anybody that hurts our mother. So now we have to choose between what, loving our father and hating him for hurting our mother. Like it makes it very complicated for them. Of course, just don't live your own life. Like she deserves to be happy. But I think it's going to take a while for them to be on board that that is what would make her happy. Um, yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. God bless, you know, them for that because those kids, they deserve it because they are funny. Grace is slowly becoming top three favorite housewife kids, slowly but very surely. Um, maybe not even slowly because she's hilarious and she puts Giselle in her place. She is definitely her mother's daughter. Additionally, Wendy and Robin having some kiki time in the park. Robin pulling out those margaritas, <laughs> those instant margaritas. And I think Faces by Bravo makes a very funny statement that Wendy was so excited for cocktails in the park until Robin goes, I'm going to have the margarita bottle. And it, she just like brings out these little pint size or like miniature personalized drinking situations uh, that are like pre-mixed and you just hear Wendy go oh yes like the disappointment there's not like a real cocktail reminded me of like Dorit back in the day with the whole putting glasses like the the proper cocktail in the proper glass that she did with Teddy like Wendy was thinking we was gonna have like a real mixed cocktail that you were gonna bring the shaker out in the middle of this public park and we were gonna like pour them in some margarita glasses with a nice brim maybe a little sugar rim of course we're not doing that girl it's a public park but she sounded so disappointed with that yes but she's still drinking though Mm, there it is I love watching their kids play they have such adorable boys I Really, really love them. Maybe miss the classroom. Maybe miss my kids and my students so, so much. Um, liked seeing their dynamic and them getting close to each other. 
But we find out that Miss Wendy is quite messy. And everyone's thinking she's so loyal to Candace, but she kind of threw Candace under the bus pretty immediately. And she told Candace, I mean, she told Robin that Candace told her who basically to worry about and who not to worry about. And that uh, Candace called Giselle a Giselle monster. She made it seem a little bit more salacious than it was, I will admit, which I'm not mad at the messy yet because it does manifest well. And I think Candace takes decent responsibility. I don't know. Mm, We'll get there. But what I will say is Miss Wendy, Dr. Wendy, letting Robin know that her best friend was called the Giselle monster was calculated. Okay, girl. It was more like a Giselle can turn into a a Giselle monster instead of just saying a monster, which I think would have been more offensive and more insulting. Had she just said she can turn into a monster, I think that would have been way more insulting. So for her to just say she turned into a Giselle monster, I think that is an adequate statement. Of course, Robin's going to go back and tell Giselle that. Of course, why wouldn't she? Um, We also have a scene with Candace and Ashley Ashley has stepped up her hair game this year. I like these teased out, more fleshed out curls, these like Bantu knots, like these knots that she would do and she takes them out and kind of fluffs them out or her curls are more brushed out. I really enjoy it. But Candace is doing her best to not take accountability with Ashley. I'm, I don't, okay, I understand the excuse. I didn't know you were in labor because I don't follow you on social media. So I kept tweeting endlessly about you. But it is just that an excuse because I'm sure other people responded and commented to your tweets, Candace, one after the other, after the other. She's in labor. Ease up. I'm sure any of your castmates could have called you, texted you, told you that she was in labor. Ease up. Like, I don't think that just because you don't follow her means that your information, your access to that information was non-existent or restricted. I think that you chose to keep going and it didn't bother you. And that wasn't a deterrent for you, which is why Ashley has an issue because she was pushing out a whole human feet up in the stirrups or whatever. And here comes a baby. And also here comes Karen's mouth calling her all these God awful things that you should never call another woman, especially not another black woman, especially when it comes to like the whole idea of her, being a concubine and having an overseer like girl did you forget you're also married to a white man like I don't understand this it felt very weird like you have the exact same dynamic the only difference is Ashley's having a baby and you're not so if anything you should have a little bit more grace just saying but this is the same woman who told all these awful things to her then fiance now husband when he just called her a princess. And that's the first thing that I asked Janae and Theo about. It's hilarious hearing their take on that. They were shocked, stunned, amazed that Candace had these kind of words to say to anybody that she loved. So I can imagine what she would say about someone she didn't like, you know, like Ashley. Dean looks adorable. He's so like Michael, but he's coming through and he's, She's pushing that stroller through the entire coffee shop and it's not working out. That seemed a little bit set up, but you know, we'll take it. It's fine. And Ash is not letting her off the hook, but neither is Dean. He starts crying immediately, like immediately. Like, mom, are you good? Like, hello, excuse me. Stop attacking my mama. I dig his energy. I surely do. So we get these singing telegrams and they're all like, um, okay, why am I 
what I find funny is that she recorded the singing telegram to send the people via a video instead of sending the singing telegram to the people like the mime, like Monique did with that trip, like in mime, your business. Send the singing telegram to people. To me, that would make more sense. Giselle and Robin are the hilarious duo whenever they get together. It's a good time to me as I would be just as shady as they Robin's getting her eyelashes done when Giselle calls her. And I was like, girl, oh, to get your eyelashes done. Mm-mm-mm. Times pre-COVID were really, really special. But Robin, I mean, Giselle calls Robin while she's getting her lashes done. And I was like, girl, did you get that telegram? <laughs> they they got it. Oh, yes. And they must discuss. And they are convinced that she has nothing else to do. They're just, we are all all convinced and we're still trying to wonder was this a Karen party or was this the Hugers are back in Potomac party like why didn't you know Ray and Karen come out together I'm here for them to be you know somewhere another party the two of them together kissing on the mouth and giving all that tongue showing they're still in love oh yes that's right he won't even say those three words to her so of course he's not going to make out with her on national tv but if that's the case to me if your husband is not telling you i love you you may not want to be spending thousands of dollars on a party you know at the moment especially if you have other things that you can be worried about i.e your husband not being kind to you in person or on tv at your job just saying Ah, and then we have Giselle meeting with her friend, her good Judy, who is going to do her wig for her. The wig is trash. She should have just thrown it away and bought a new wig. He basically all but alleges to her, that's not, that I can't work that kind of magic, girl. That wig is not for us. And she's like, you can and you will, bruh. And he knows both her and Jamal, her now boyfriend, former husband, he knows them both and he's still letting her know you gotta give these girls time because they really seen you hurt and that's exactly where we're all coming from as well I believe I do feel that Giselle just probably misses being married and thinks that this is the answer and she's going off of what she sees with Robin and Juan getting back together but I'm also like I don't see her leaving this show and I don't see Jamal, a current mega church pastor in Atlanta, leaving Georgia. I don't think either of them would give up. And if he expects her to, that just goes to show how trash he is, which is something that I think the girls might also be picking up on. Is like, so he, because he bought them a restaurant or whatever. Mm, God bless that business right now outside of Georgia. So, like, does he assume they're all going to be going back and forth? I don't know. If this is a Cynthia Bailey situation where they can go back and forth like that, even though it's a lot closer than with Cynthia Bailey going from L.A. to Georgia. But he's trying to establish their life in Atlanta, but her job and career currently is in Maryland. It's in Potomac. So why would you assume that that like that that does make me upset because she's just created this empire like love or hate Giselle. She is a, a cornerstone of this show one of the founding members of this franchise and she's arguably one of the funniest people she she definitely is needed and does a great job on it so why is he trying to uproot her when she just got rooted outside of him that is where I have some issue additionally 
and uh, just juxtapositioned, <laughs> I love that word, we have Monique Samuels, who is having a hard time, you know, being a mommy and being a, you know, a wife. It's really interesting because in the season three, episode 13 recap that I did with the Barbers, we talk about them, Monique and Chris, going out on a date because they were constantly still having date night. They were new to us, right? That couple was still kind of new to us. They were only in their second season. And so they, I think we're still trying to put on a little bit for the camera. We have Chris being super supportive, even if producer led, he's like, hey, honey, you've been working so hard. I want to give you the world. I want to make sure you have a good life with your kids and, but also have some time for yourself. And he sends her on her way to a trip. You know, we know that's the annual scheduled trip, but Still, the date night thing was something that they really wanted to emphasize that they still do. Cut to now, in season five, Monique is kind of feeling it. She's kind of feeling the brunt of being the wife and the mother on camera, because she obviously probably felt it before, but she's letting it show a little bit. We see her putting her kids to bed. I loved seeing all these little black babies get their do-rags put on and their scalps oil, like my mama used to do to me. Um, now I have to do it to myself, so things don't always look cute. That's why I don't post a lot of pictures of myself. But she said also on Twitter that her kids enjoy sleeping in the same room, and that's why they're still in the same room, even though they have a big house. It seems like the kids are close in age and they love each other, so that makes sense. I don't know why people will criticize that, but you know how y'all do. You know how we all do. Chris and, them, and Monique then have a glass of wine after putting the baby to bed, and she talks about how they haven't really had a date night, and she doesn't understand why all of the brunt, emotional brunt, and the labor of keeping their marriage afloat is on her. And I think that's something that we'll see over time. There's so many marriage dynamics happening on this show this season, good and bad and ugly. And I think her and Chris are having, they're missing each other in in the nighttime pass way. You know, the boats are passing in the night and they are going to find their way back. I think they do love each other and they support each other. I just think that uh, Monique is overwhelmed and he's throwing money at it like we just get the help and then focus back on me and she's like I don't just want the money or the help I kind of want you to help me and like let's be partners in this so that we can be partners in our marriage and he's like well then don't say you sleepy when I come at you with that with that I want some a little something something a little late night nana you know I understand him but Monique is trying to communicate something else and I think they're just missing each other and we'll see how that unfolds and then we are with Chris and Candace another Chris he talks about he references that she's great with his kids his um biological kids that he has three kids outside of Candace obviously because she has not had a baby yet and she talks about her fears about being a mother. Uh, I guess he's letting us know for the very first time. People have very much so wondered where his kids are. I don't wonder it as much because I just don't think they live in Maryland. I do wonder because he said he wanted them to years ago um, if that ever happened. But I think they just, their moms aren't cool with them being on TV. And I can kind of understand that his wife is a little, little wild. So this is not the, maybe something that they want their kids. They didn't sign up for that. She's talking about her fears about being a mother. 
he says she's great with his kids, so he knows she will be. But she's like, well, what happens when the kid is mine all the time and I have to take care of them all the time? Which is a very real concern and fear that I can understand someone having. Um, especially as a woman, especially as a stepmother. Um, overall, though, we got to figure it out. I, I, I'm curious to see where they do because this is still the same reasoning that she gave or why she felt so uh t- triggered with Ashley because Ashley knew for so long how she wanted to be a mom and everything and Candace didn't have that same luxury I guess until now and even now Chris is ready her mama is ready and I don't think Candace is ready naturally because I don't think she wants to be like her mother I just think she doesn't want to say that but I get that and I would challenge her you don't have to be like your mother. There's a lot of different ways we cannot be like our parents. Therapy, active work, recognizing things in ourselves that are like our parents that we don't like, trying to fix it, some self-help, a little self-reflection, a little accountability, some responsibility, anything. We don't always get a lot of that. but And we see a, a, a glimmer. Candace has these moments where she'll give us a glimmer and then she'll overshadow it with a bunch of bullshit. But we've seen a bunch of bullshit this episode and then at the very end when she won't take accountability with Ashley that much she gets she takes it she takes a little bit and then we see her with Giselle and um oh gosh uh at, at Karen's party and she'll apologize she admitted I might have called you it she did not pull a Lisa Rinna she said I might have told you that she didn't go I don't recall ever saying that Giselle asked her you know, you call me a Giselle monster. I think you were trying to be mean. Even Candace asked her, did you think I was trying to be mean? I don't even think she was trying to be mean. I think this sounds like she is saying, hey, just watch out. Giselle can be can be quick. If she could switch on you, then you don't want to be on that bad side, which I don't think Giselle would disagree with. But Giselle wanted to pick a fight, it seemed. And Candace was like, yeah, I don't want to pick a fight, actually. So I'm sorry. And Giselle was like, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know you were going to say sorry. So I'll just keep it on the surface with you. And I'm like, Jose, we did not need to go that far. We did not need to say that, girl. So there we are talking about how, what? Genuinely, there was no fight, but they wanted it to be a fight. And well, Giselle wanted it to be a fight. Candace, not so much. Um I'm proud of her for that. That is the little glimmer. She took a little bit of responsibility. She apologized. She avoided the fight, though Giselle was trying to get one with her. Give them more time and opportunity to do so. Yeah, they are always posted up together, you know, after the whole Monique and Candace incident. incident. So I think that eventually Giselle leaves that whole shallow friendship thing behind closed doors. Um, she decides to invest deeper into candy pants as she calls her, but we will see. I say, give them time. What I did love about this episode is Robin bringing them damn pizzas to Karen's new house. She made sure the pizzas got delivered. Unlike at the Great Falls house where we don't really believe they were living there because they never got the pizzas. So I don't know what happened to the pizza. It was very funny. I love how shady these women are. They had a great time, and Karen's party looked extravagant, as you would assume Karen's party to look, and I hope they had a good time, but 
I don't think that that was a priority to throw a party about you, about you being back there. But Karen has said many times she thinks she's she's starting her new lease on life and Ray is ready to retire. But no one's saying, Karen, that you have to retire with Ray. We're saying you just got to take his feelings into consideration. And if he wants to move to Florida, but you want to get a big house in Potomac again just to prove that you can live in Potomac again, I think you should also listen to your husband because, again, you didn't pay all those taxes back. He had to take a big humbling in the press and everything so maybe compromise and get a nice condo in Potomac or something or not a whole bunch I mean there are some condos so maybe do that maybe compromise meet him in the middle and downsize so that he doesn't feel like he has to keep up with you and you get to have the life that you still want and go out and have a good time so you can also then cater to him and there you go that's how you do it all in all, Potomac is off to a great start. <sighs> now on to the Buka the baby shower. Dorit throws Teddy a baby shower at Buka the Beppo. Y'all saw it. We saw it. There's a lot of fucking lemons hanging from the ceiling. Lemons on the table. Lemons on the wall. Lemons dripping down while we fall. All these lemons brawl. All oh, lemon, 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 lemon. Lemons everywhere, okay? Lemons everywhere. I've never, I didn't know what to expect of a book of the baby shower room. I know now this is just the room with lemons. That's, Kyle shady as hell for saying it, but she's not wrong. And I'm never agreeing with Kyle, so this is funny. Like, do you feel like you were transformed into Capri? Or you were sent to Capri? No, it's just lemons. Like, is lemons, are lemons really, is Capri well known for lemons? Uh, Capri, Italy? Like, I'm going to look it up. Is, I'm going to see, is there any mention of lemons? I don't really see lemons on Instagram, on the, the Wikipedia page. But there's lemons everywhere. I'm going to have to name this episode Lemons or something. To the lemons down the wall or something like that. Either way... Dorit has this room. She threw it for Teddy. She didn't really like Teddy. She just wanted to basically have a reason to throw a party at her new room. And I understand that. Um, Kyle wants you to know this was her idea to throw her a baby shower anyway. Because when they scream surprise to Teddy, Teddy looks both surprised and annoyed. It's weird. She looks like she doesn't understand why they're celebrating her because she's pregnant. But I also kind of get it because second baby. I don't know. I have never had babies. Have as many parties as you want if you if you ask me, especially if you're on TV. Kyle's like, if I had to share with anyone, I'm glad I shared it with Dorit. And I'm like, yes, please remind us again how you guys are BFFs, you and Teddy, and no one else can love Teddy but you. Um, Denise isn't coming. What else was she supposed to do? Like, was she really, did you think she was going to come? Is this one of the things that they're talking about she missed when they were like, hey, Denise, are you okay? You didn't answer our phone calls. And they were like on Instagram pleading for her to come back to the group. Like, are you okay? You disappeared. She didn't come to your stupid, she didn't come to the lemon baby shower at the Booga the baby shower room. And y'all are mad. Like, I call Teddy and Kyle bippity and boppity now because they look so damn ridiculous. Like bippity and boppity trying to make Brandy say boo. That's what I said. They pretty much had a baby shower where Teddy 
kicks her entire friend group who actually loves her and the baby and want to celebrate the baby, she tells them they can go ahead and leave. And they're like, well, I guess we'll go so that they can film talking shit about a woman who's not there with another woman who didn't need to be there because since when did she and Kim become so close to Teddy that they need to be at her baby shower? an intimate gathering that's not to mention if you want to make it a casting or like a, a a filmed event they're not on the show so why they're there we don't know and I'm really hoping someone addresses this at the reunion that if Kyle knows Brandy to not be a liar so much does that mean that she was telling the truth all these other times about Kyle and about her sister and about her family and about her her marriage because when did it become that Brandy was just so reputable I get it. There are certain moments that are just so specific, right? That she just, she can't be making it up. I understand that. I don't care because again, this has nothing to do with us. And even if it does come up, I'm not surprised that it comes up on camera because anything can come up on camera when you're on the show. What I think really happened is Denise thought that these women would grant her the same courtesy that they obviously all granted each other, which was to not talk about their legal stuff, their families, things like that. They seemed to make this pact last year. I mean, Teddy told us to camera, to our faces, that when Camille brought up Dorit's money issue, she was like, there are just certain things you don't bring up and certain lines you don't cross as friends. Where I'm like, Camille and Dorit never really been friends because Dorit definitely called her the C word to her face and they not, they not friends. Not to mention, Camille was technically doing us a service because if you're going to bring someone on the show who's not on the show, and want them to spell everything. To re- I mean, Camille's like, I'm going to spell it. And here's me spelling it. You owe one of my friends a whole lot of money. And what's worse is that while they were filming, a woman chased Dorit around the beach to let her know, hey, you owe us a lot of money. It, it's relevant. But if for some reason, they all decided that that's going to get cut. They're going to decide that that gets, you know, let out. Producers decide, like, they'll take the side of the of the cast or they'll keep everything from being, you know, exposed of these women. But then they also tell them five months practically of their filming got scrapped. When we started the season in October, they, when we started the season and they went to New York Fashion Week, that was not the beginning of their filming season. That was months into their filming. So I think they told them, we have nothing. Figure it out. Open up. We started off really strong, but then the problem was they decided to put all of their sights on one person and on one storyline. So they only get one storyline the entire season, and they hinged every fight, every problem, every anything around Denise and her sexuality and her sexual escapades, which have nothing to do with them. And it's a little bit more degrading because you're making it so salacious who she sleeps with because of the gender. Like, it seems weird. Like, it just seems like, what's the angle here? Are you coming after her because she sleeps with a woman? Like, who she sleeps with on camera, women, men, whatever, that's not always actual real sex, believe it or not, because she's not filming porn, right? So it's, it's, it's acting. But to translate that from what she does on screen and make her only be able to answer to that and be only what she is on a, as a character to Lisa Renna, she's more than a character, honey. And then say basically because she's done that, she's done this. And then to, but to out her is very different. If she did not tell us 
that she does sleep with women or that she has slept with women or that she is bisexual or pan or curious or has an arrangement with her husband. All these things about her sexuality, she's talked about her sexuality at her own discretion, of course. Last season we saw it with her husband, even there for some of it. That's one thing. But we're talking about her talking about other people talking about her sexuality in a way that she has not given us that information yet in her real life, not just on a screen, in a movie, in a play, in a TV show, right? That's outing someone. And I don't like outing people. It feels really wrong. That's Their sexuality and where they are on the spectrum, what they identify as, is up to them. Because, you know, now Andy's going to have to ask her, are you bisexual? Are you a lesbian? Do you have an arrangement? Like These are all questions that she has a right to kind of tell us on her own. If Dorit doesn't have to answer to if she owes people money or not, Denise definitely don't have to answer to if she likes women or not. That's ridiculous. She'll tell us when she wants to, and that's if she even wants to. And if she does tell us or has told us, that doesn't mean we get to keep asking her who she's sleeping with as it relates to what? Because you want Brandy back on. What is the angle here? Like, are we outing Denise sexually? Are we outing her for cheating on her husband? What does that have to do with anything? Because Kyle, where the hell is your husband? I think that's where I get off. I think Denise thought that though she signed on to be on the show she thought she could have a little bit of agency of what she decided to talk about without you know the same way the women obviously did because they all got sued last year and not a damn one of them talked about it none of them get to really film with their husbands like Mauricio has been gone more this season than he has ever 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 we've seen Tom twice you know PK where is he at like he's always in the background but they both got sued you know that kind of thing like they and I get it, they're not talking about lawsuits, but also all of this stuff could eventually be played in court, I guess. Like, if you if it works anything like Tamara and Simons did on OC, all of these things could be played in court. And I think that is, they all know that. And they know the details a little bit better than we do of Denise's court situation. But they're doing this anyway. And they alleged about it in Rome, talking about she has a lot going on. <laughs> but here they go, talking. Anyway, they don't care. So I think Denise just thought they were, she was going to be granted the same courtesy, but welcome to Beverly Hills. And this is why people called them mean girls, because they were like, no, girl, you don't get to come on here, make all this money, and be here for two seconds, and get the exact same treatment that we get. We put our lives on TV for years before, which bullshit because I don't believe that for a second Harry Hammer been gone he's always on some camping trip or something so and not to mention they're like the second highest rated franchise ever like and I mean high they're high high up there like Atlanta numbers okay so the idea that they're not making good money I don't buy because I'm pretty sure they're making decent money I really do think they are, especially if Atlanta's making those kind of dollars because of those numbers. Beverly Hills is not far behind. And the whole premise of Beverly Hills is that they don't need the money. So relax, okay? Again, not Team Denise, but they kind of forced me in here because I don't, I think she's, I'm figuring out what would they have talked about this season? Yes, what would Denise's storyline have been if it wasn't about this? Because if she's trying to, use this season to police herself and police the show and use the show to help police her own pub press and publicity, what would they have talked about? Like, what would they have done? But at the same time, what would these women have done if they didn't target Denise? Like, if you see she's trying, she's going through something, trying to keep her image afloat or change her image, 
y'all have each done that. You each did it last year, basically for Dorit in a lot of ways. So what's going on that you don't grant this woman the same courtesy? Because what would you have talked about otherwise? Y'all can't fight with each other. Like these packs make it hard to side on the side of the rest of them because it's you force a black and white where there isn't a black and white. And if they had just given me more individually, I probably would have let them get away with getting like, outing Denise's sexual affairs if that's what really happened. Because Brainy has some details, sure. I don't think, though, that Denise is out of her depth for saying nothing. Because what would we have said? If somebody did this to me in my work event, that they're all just basically co-workers, I would lie my ass off, too. I'd be like, hmm, who did that? Never matter. Who's, no, who, Brand? I don't know, Brandy's with a Y at the singer? Moesha? Mm-mm. See, I would have never done it. I would have been like, don't know her, never seen her. We have pictures of you, mm, Photoshop girl. Because <laughs> what else do you do? You don't know what they have on you. You don't know what they're going to do with this information. So how would they, how would Denise know what to police? Like, How would she know what to admit to? Because she doesn't know what they have, how much they know, how far they'll go with it. She's trying to figure it out. And I kind of get that. Curious to see what happens with this, this, the cease and desist as the reunion is coming to, um, uh, coming closer and closer and the season's coming to a close. I guess we'll see. I, I think I'm over. I don't think Denise will be back. I think I've heard Garcelle say, I don't know where, I need to post that interview probably, that she will do, she told Denise she'll do it if Denise does it. And Denise basically said she'll do it if Garcelle does it. But Garcelle just got, signed on to be a co-host on The Real, the daytime talk show ahead of or behind the founding co-host Tamira uh, Mallory Housley from Sister Sister. This one I don't like that much. She, um, (laughs) y'all do not need to know why, but she is leaving the show and Amanda Seals, who is their newest uh, co-host that I believe they used to replace Tamar Braxton, who was also a founding member, she is leaving the show, claiming the show broke her spirit. God bless. And so Garcelle, who was arguably one of the oldest ones that they've had on the show, but a very high caliber to be in this role, she it films in LA and she's going to be the whole co-host. I think this means that she can still do Beverly Hills because she's not doing a lot of odd jobs and soap operas and other shows that take up a lot of time it films I think only three or four days out of the week they don't film Friday episodes so I think she and it's only it's daytime so she has time for nighttime parties hopefully she stays on I really like Garcelle and I hope she stays you know if that means Denise has to stay too that's cool I don't care give Sutton her diamond regardless of if the kids can film or not and we have a little bit of a show but if this new contract with the real means Garcelle is leaving I am sad. Thank you guys so much for making this so hard to keep good people on this franchise. With that being said, we're done here and we're going to go back in time to more fun and more shade. And I'm going to throw in some newbies into the Bravo pool. Your husband's in the pool. Janae, your husband's in the pool. She won't know what that means, but we do. And Janae and Theo Barber are going to recap and talk marriage and relationships and the dynamics of Potomac 
And I even asked them about uh, Beverly Hills and Denise and Aaron and whether or not Aaron should be inserting himself. I asked Theo those questions. And should a man, like, where is the line? Where, what does the woman handle? What does the man handle in these situations? If, hypothetically, you know, Janae let all these people talk to her crazy who were, quote unquote, her friends, right? If we were all housewives. Because in real life, none of us would let this happen to us. But, and maybe y'all do. I hope not. But... I ask them these questions and we get into the nitty gritty of the episode and they review everything. You'll hear their takes. You'll hear them record, uh, listen live and watch live the show for the very first time and Housewives for the very first time and so much more. That uh, interview and conversation is up next with the host of Planet Millennial Marriage, Theo and Janae Barber. All right, mixologist, as promised, I am back with the Barbers, Theo and Janae Barber, hosts of the Planet Millennial Marriage podcast, a podcast where these newlyweds tackle familiar topics surrounding marriage, married life, and all these things that millennials would have questions about who are either considering marriage or already married and just want to have some fun other perspectives to listen to while they tackle life. As y'all know, I'm not married, but the initial premise of Housewives franchises is marriage, though you'd never know if you are watching New York um, because none of them are married, but very many Housewives we have seen go on these shows just to get divorced. Shana Bador, Tamara, Carrie in Dallas, literally the list goes on and on. And then we have housewives who come on the show and struggle to make it down the aisle. We've seen Candy and Portia in Atlanta, Bethany in New York, and recently one Candace Dillard in Potomac, whose marriage is so Oh, ah, hot. We can't even really touch that, but I have some extra hands in the kitchen to help me dissect that. Um, we kind of meet her as a fiance planning a wedding. So it's a very new dynamic for us. We can kind of dissect that relationship and then some. And we know Bravo is a hotbed for breakups, but Candace didn't really get that memo. So she comes being, she comes on being loud and wrong and dragging her fiance into this shit storm for all of us to see and judge and joining me in the jury and stepping into the Bravo sphere for the very first time are the Barbers. Thank y'all for coming on. Hi everybody. Hey. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, this is going to be so exciting. I'm always looking for new perspectives. It's very rare that I'm, I mean, I've never had a couple on the show. So this is really fun because we talk about marriage all the time and all these Bravo podcasts and we don't really get the perspective of what it's like to watch it as a couple, though I've had many people on who are like, oh, I watched it with my husband or with my boyfriend, but to have dual perspectives on one show to see what other people are bringing taking away from it is going to be really exciting so you guys watched I had them watch one episode of of course the house of the Potomac because y'all know I'm biased so I love Potomac I only ever want to talk about Potomac if you listen to me going on any other shows but also both of them have also spent time in Maryland as well so I mean, why not talk about Potomac? And I told all of you mixologists to watch season three, episode 13. Again, go down that memory lane with me. And that is what we are going to talk about. I sent them in blind. There is some hilarious audio that they recorded of them watching the show 
And it's uh, obviously I'm going to cut it up and I'm going to release it to y'all. It's so funny. I definitely want to get into that. But first, I want to hear a little bit more about you guys, about your show. Please tell me a little bit and all of us a little bit about you two. How long have you known each other? How long have you been married? Okay, well, first of all, Imani, you did an amazing job describing our podcast yeah, at the that was, beginning. That's probably the best. That's probably the best description I've ever heard, to be honest. Honestly, out of every single person we have ever talked to about the podcast, you were wow, spot on, sis. Elevator pitch A one. Thank you. We should put it in our podcast. Yeah, but listen, it's um, free to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who don't know, my name is Janae. I'm Theo. And we're the host of Planet Millennial Marriage. Yep. We have been friends for a very, very, very long time. Pretty much a decade at this point of yes. knowing each other. Almost. Mm-hmm. So much so that when Theo finally proposed, both of our friends were like, finally. About time. <laughs> <laughs> it so, took a little bit for us to get to this place, though. Right. Um, and after some work and some time apart and then reuniting our love we finally got married october 2019 yes so oh wow said nine months eight months yeah we almost yes oh my <laughs> gosh okay so that's you guys don't know this but that same couple i mean spoiler alert for y'all the same couple that i pretty much had you go in blindly to watch and dissect um, Candace and Chris, they just celebrated in this current season that's on Potomac right now, as you guys watch the past season, they just celebrated their first year wedding anniversary with wow. a $22,000 party at the Wharf in Southwest DC. Of course they did. You can't see it, but my mouth <laughs> is mad open, like wide open. I'm shook. There's an amazing scene where she goes in and she's like, so our budget is five grand. And the lady goes, so basically Friday night, it's going to be 22. And she goes, okay. So and she tells her husband, her husband goes, I'm not paying $22,000 for a party. Reasonable. And she goes, I feel like she'll work with us. I'm like, sis, that five and 22, that sounds like a conversation that we could have if we had that much money laying around. But they did not. That is the whole thing. And I'll get to that in a second. But they did not have the money. And the answer that she came up with was a cash bar. That's what they decided to do. Girl, no, to ma'am. Kind of no, ma'am. Bars. No, ma'am. That's not going to cut no. it. Oh, that's bad. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so back to you guys' podcast. Tell me about it. I know it's pretty new. I've listened. I am not married, but the bulk of my listeners are married kids. They're adult adults. So please tell them what goes on in your galaxy. Yeah, so we started a podcast basically about marriage, but about um, people who have been married for any time, whether it be a year, 10 years, or people who are thinking about marriage, thinking about taking the next step um, in a relationship, or people who are single who are who are ready for that. That's that's kind of the idea that we wanted to accomplish with with our podcast. And we, we talk about different topics. We take listener letters, and we just, we give you a solid 30, 40 minutes of um, just our thoughts on, on different topics and, and things that we've done to work on ourselves that have helped us. Uh, get to where we are and, th- and that things that we feel like we can give to other people to help them as well so yeah the gist of it is that we when we were dating and when we first got married there were several people our age or in that millennial um, demographic that were very curious to know like basic things that we thought everyone knew and then as we started talking to them and we realized that I guess we're a special breed of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> so we decided 
instead of just reaching out one by one, we'd rather put a public go to a public platform because ultimately we just want to help people stay married. Married is a Amen. very important um it's important thing. I feel like it's the cornerstone of society. When you have a good marriage, you ultimately have good relationship with your children and 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 that continues on general general Generationally, Generation, yeah. good lord. Genera yeah, good words are hard. It's fine. Yeah. And so I feel like that's the reason why there's so much enmity and just like struggle bus going on right now in the world. There's not a good foundation, in my opinion. And also with mm -hmm. our demographic and our age group, I think it, it needs to be said that marriage is important and that it is a foundational piece as well. Um and so we just want to we just want to grow. We just and grow like that. everything else in life, millennials are doing it differently. We're not For doing sure. it like yeah. our, the parents before. And so we're just trying to help y'all have a little bit of a idea of the blueprint for what we're doing at this age and how we're doing it and hopefully as That's, we grow we can encourage other people to grow with us exactly like we it. want the podcast to grow with us year by year when, when we finally add some kids to the mix etc <laughs> i absolutely love that i mean i i couldn't agree more everybody has a very different definition of what marriage looks like a lot of it is skewed by what our parents gave us but as we know you know there's a lot of things that our parents did or didn't do right or wrong or in between that we're kind of reevaluating, restructuring mm -hmm. re figuring it out all over again and what works for us right because we're in a very different place economically okay. spiritually mentally emotionally everything in the world you know right. the 21st century just life is different now that the more it's things different, very things very different right and i think like that's my really parents dope. marriage they didn't even have cell phones <laughs> yikes so that whole like let me check your phone thing didn't exist for them like, more like exactly. let me check your mail so let me see yeah. what was in the, who wrote you a letter you know <laughs> yeah what has been one of uh, each of y'all's favorite topic that you've discussed so far on the pod Ooh. well i'll say mine um we did we did one that's coming out soon about what would how would the relationship what would have happened to our relationship had she said no when i proposed oh my god and <gasps> let me tell you while recording Ooh. that was probably the funniest episode that i believe we've ever done it honestly so sounds like we're both high because we're laughing so <laughs> hard and so much because it's just so ridiculous how we were answering the question it was so funny but at the same time we also dropped some gems in there too and I think it's going to be, it's a great episode. That's probably my favorite. What about you? Okay, well, I mean, I'm already subscribed, so y'all need to go ahead and get on that train so you can catch that, because I need to know that story, because I don't know it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited for that. So, all right, I brought them over to our planet over here in the Bravo universe, is what we like to call it, the Bravo sphere. And I had them dip their toe into Bravo, but really I pushed them like right into the deep end. So it's fine. We're fine. They're, they recovered. Um, we are talking <laughs> Potomac season three, episode 13. Like I said, pause, go watch, come back if you need to, or let this be a reminder of why you need to watch. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. It is arguably one of the best ones. It's one that I mentioned on the podcast. If you guys listened, hot takes and deep dives to Jess about the top 10 episodes of Potomac to get people involved in the new franchise. I love this episode for many reasons, none of which have to do with marriage, but I was watching it again and I realized there's so many relationship dynamics going on in this one episode that I really wanted to get their takes. I really wanted to break down the marriage of Candace and Chris as they're trying to build it and their dynamic, but then also some other stuff. Had either of y'all ever seen Housewives before? And did you even know that Maryland, like our home, had one? Nope, nope, and nope again. So I did. <laughs> I knew that Housewives of the Potomac was a thing. 
well, let me answer in order. No, I've never watched. I've glanced before. I've gone, I've gone through rooms when other people were watching, but I did know that there was one in Potomac. So okay. shout out to the DMV on that one. We interrupt this podcast to tell all you listeners to turn up those volumes and listen along as Theo and Janae Barber watch The Housewives of Potomac for the very first time. some men who don't I'm not gonna say they don't mind they might get upset but they don't it's not a hard no like put your foot down when a woman's talking to you crazy because there are some women who just talk crazy bruh just talk crazy. it sounded like the extent of the disagreement wasn't even all that she took it to the mama and then that's the equivalent she brought up his daddy that's the equivalent of saying your mama just because neither one of us be having a bandwidth. It's just like, I don't even have energy to do like regular stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not even finna be doing extra So you want me to get up energy to argue about nothing, bro? I don't even like arguing about shit that I should argue about. Yeah. Cause like that made perfect sense to me. She talking about, she said, if I sense that you have an issue with me, you're having a work event that you, you didn't, didn't even invite, invite me to. to I'm not so gonna I'm show gonna... up. To, for what? So, so now you can be mad at me that I'm trying to cause drama at your work event? Or or have you all thrown you off your game? Have you distracted so you can't, you, so you might not be able to operate properly at work? That don't make no sense. I'm going to wait until we're alone. Like she did. She was like, yo, can I talk to you over here? That was Yeah, that, that made sense to me. All of what she said made sense. And then, Shorty said, and then she you tried talk to a reach little, out. like a little girl. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so we're getting into the episode. We are starting, we're getting pedicures with Karen and Candace. So Candace, this woman, is that she's a newer addition to the franchise when we are all meeting her. This is her first season. And she's meeting up with Karen, who is a veteran, who's been in the last three seasons. She's an older woman also to her. She's about 20 to 30 years, Candace is senior. Um, I mean, about 20 to 25. And so they're discussing a fight that took place between Candace and her fiance beforehand. And there's a hilarious moment in y'all's audio where Janae is just going, no, no, she did not say that to him. And Theo, you sounded like you were in disbelief that what Candace texted to her fiance was like, oh, that came, you like, that, that came from her? And she was like, yes, what is going on here? Like, Y'all are definitely, you were destined to be married if you ask me. We were distressed. Yeah. Yo, we were so distressed it was, listening to it was, that. I was, it was shocking. It was very shocking. So I'm not going to lie. I just had to look up who Candace was because names isn't really my strong suit. But Understood. now that I see her face, yes, I remember. And it was very shocking. I couldn't believe it. I mean, she said some outlandish stuff. Which mm-hmm. and just, from the sound, like the context of it, it sounded like the fight wasn't even all that serious, and then she made it that serious yeah, it escalated by bringing so quickly. up my man's father. Like, whoa! Yep, yep. So for those who do not remember that, video, I know y'all are scrolling through Hulu right now. Like, wait, what the hell? What happened? <laughs> um. So 
Karen says to Candace that they should not be going down the aisle, Candace and Chris, if they're going to have to hurt each other to reach each other. And I really felt that. I mean, I it was, was like, oh, yeah, that's 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 some real stuff right there. The right. fight was Chris, Candace's fiance, calls her a spoiled princess about because she asked him to like hold her purse or something at a party. Um, that apparently is her trigger. Though her mom pays half her mortgage at this time, and she only pays a fourth of her mortgage, uh, and he is technically the only one with steady income, and her parents are paying for their entire extravagant $100,000 wedding, but somehow Spoil Princess is a trigger for her. Um, she doesn't like it, and so she decides to come back at him with you're a coward and a shit clone of your deadbeat father you need to fuck off and get the fuck out of my life and takes her ring off because she's mad and i was confused okay so whole time i just realized all that (laughs) the whole thing about her parents paying for the wedding and and her home i just learned that for the first time it's perspective it all it just puts into perspective because mm-hmm. we didn't even know that. We was just like, yo, why she go from zero to 100? What? What? Like, we don't know but anything see, that's about also why I love having people watch who have never seen it before. Because a lot of us have very skewed views when we watch these shows. We already have sides. We've already, and this is episode 13. So for 13 episodes, we've already decided if we like her or not. So we are sometimes more, a little less sensitive to what's happened. Because I have to admit, now in real time, she's kind of like on everyone's shit list for a lot of things that she does on social media. She's a very vile fighter. She fights below the belt. And But at the time, when we first met her, we were still giving her a chance. So it was like, damn, that seems kind of rough. But we kind of let it slide. And now I'm rewatching it. And I was like, well, that is a terrible thing to say to somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with. I wouldn't want to spend five minutes with that person. Bro, that's what we was thinking. I genuinely was like, baby, that's not okay. Are they... When we finished the episode, I remember thinking, I hope they didn't get married. <laughs> And the fact that you just said that they did in their year, and I'm look, I'm really like shook because that's. I hope they're going to therapy. That, that's not okay. That's I mean, not how you fight. Haki, they needed therapy before they got that's married. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that's okay. insane. I know. I, I know. Another bomb us, to drop on one... y'all. Before I even ask the next question, I have a, a bomb to drop on y'all. Would you would you believe her mother is a therapist? Wow, huh? I would not. What? And she's talking to people like this. She, her mom is a therapist. Now, arguably, we've met her mother, Mama Dorothy, and she's probably, if she was a therapist before, I'm surprised her practice is not closed by now because of how many clients have reneged their business because that's how vile even her mother is, especially to her. So I think this girl has a very skewed idea of what mental health looks like because she's very better inside. But again, to take that out on your husband or and at this time, fiance, because what you were triggered like if you were headed down the aisle and you or your partner is still lashing out at you when you're when you're quote unquote triggered would that create any pause for you absolutely <laughs> most definitely man we was triggered just watching that drunk <laughs> yeah so there's there's see my our whole thing is a level of respect right for sure and you know just in a relationship uh, you got to have a level of respect for it for it to vibe correctly bare minimum off rip she threw that out the window yeah that was it you you pull you pull deep punches because just your your spouse your significant other is the person who should know you the best so they know what punches Mm -hmm. to put to pull if Mm. they really want to hurt you and it seemed like she had no qualms with just whatever she felt she took it to the street off the tip of her tongue just say it and that's outlandish 
I couldn't agree more. I mean, I was thinking of asking, well, you know, certain triggers. We all should know them, especially if you're with somebody that long, like you just said, Theo. It's like they would know where you are. But even by the, the mere chance that your partner does slip and, and use a word that or something that would trigger you, like he obviously did for whatever reason, Janae, are we cursing them out? Are we taking rings off? Like, what's happening? Exactly. Even if he didn't know that was a trigger, even if, okay, I'm gonna give him the BOD, benefit of that, okay, you come into her and, and you just triggered her. It's her responsibility to be like, I love this man and I know he's not trying to hurt me, so let me stop and not try to hurt him back. Because if he didn't try to hurt you, you definitely tried to hurt him, which what you, well, what she said, oh, she was coming for him. Yes, I always say the punishment did not fit the crime. I always say you brought these people, she brought a slingshot or a, a, like a, a weapon, like an actual weapon to a slingshot, right? He brought she a gun. Fired, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she fired off, he fired off like a spitball and she was like, well, I see you and I raised you like a full AK. And I'm exactly. like, wait, hold up. Let's pause. <laughs> there was no pause either. It was like immediate. To me, I'm like, either you was waiting for the opportunity to shoot this man down Ooh. or you that triggered. Either way, it's problematic. And, you know, and y'all don't know this, but I mean, she kind of introduced herself, like all that information I told you about her finances, she introduced herself to us that way as this woman who's basically kept, this, she's the only one who doesn't really have a, a work, she has a trust fund, she's a beauty pageant queen, like she kind of introduced herself to us as this spoiled brat, that is essentially how she wanted to be, she allowed them to cast her for the show, mm -hmm. and it's pretty much like the world can call me that, but you can't call me that, and in this case, I'm like, okay, I get it. Maybe that really hurt your feelings, but we have other, we can use words. Words are so powerful and they mean things. And I love words. So we could just say something and be like, ow, ooh, didn't like that. Or you maybe just like walk right. off. Maybe we could just yeah, take she, a beat. She took an opportunity that could have been a moment of growth in their relationship and definitely made it a moment of like, he's going to forever remember that moment of pain. Even if he mm. forgives her and moves on, he's going to remember that way longer than if he if she had just said, you know what, I, I know you don't mean to, but like that really hurts my feelings. I don't like when people call me that, especially you. Can you not? Maybe I am spoiled, but I don't want to be called that. And just like that could have been an easily resolution. And there wasn't it Boom, at a party done. Happening? Yeah, and she texted this to him. So I'm like, you really fix your fingers to say that. Now I have a hot mouth. People listen to me every week. I can get there. I know I can get there. I'm in therapy, so I know how to rein it in a little bit. But to fix your fingers to say that, like you had the opportunity to also not text it, and you chose to do it anyway, and you chose to hit send. Like, yeah, one thing that we always say over here that we got from the Housewives of New York is, you know, you know send it like type it like physically send it regret it say it forget it like if she said exactly. it out loud it's not the best thing but it's a fight and they, they can actually talk about it or mm -hmm. something like that and she could be in the heat of the moment but that's also impulse to type it that man is gonna keep he kept it he kept he it when we it. saw he the flashback that it's a wound now that's what i'm saying mm. That's a moment of real pain that she she did not need to inflict. And it seems like, I, I'm not sure, it seems like from her response that that's an uh, insecure topic for her, but if she introduced herself that way, like she wants people to, to view her as a spoiled brat, basically, then I don't understand why she would respond to someone who she claimed to love in, in such fervor. Boop, that part. It's also, it's like if she, if he triggered her, 
to meet him with a trigger it seems to be like that tip for tat thing that i cannot stand that people right. do especially with someone that you love it's one thing if you're doing that with these other housewives but this is a, a man who did not sign up for the, this game with you so to me when kendall and karen the other women who were getting pedicures with her said they would have left her ass i was like frankly my dear I would have been gone as soon as the message came in. I would not even had to open up the iMessage app, and I would have been like, "I'm good. I'm I'm real good off that because that's how we're well. Because that's that's how we're doing it. You got to look at it like if she'll say that to you based off you calling her spoiled. What's she gonna react when it's a real issue? When you really do something that should offend her, now how she's gonna react? She might blow off the hinges. You never know what she's gonna do now. And you know what? It's even deeper than that because it's like, okay, you doing this and we ain't even walk down the aisle. What you gonna do when for real, legitimately, we sharing everything? What you Mm. gonna do? Take well, my money off the bank. You going, you, that's true. They did. We did. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we hitting that in a second. Yeah, so Karen, okay, but says, what you gonna go say ahead. to her kids? She talking crazy to him. She she gonna talk crazy to the kids too. That's very that's very true because she's basically just gonna repeat the same cycle that we yeah. um, know that she has with her mom. Like you know it, that, but that that bitterness is you can't have bitterness in love. Karen says that this is like in every marriage there are just boundaries that just are not crossed, and absolutely. this is absolutely a non-crossable boundary. I would hope to people is to cut them down and talk about their family, their parents, their parenting style. Mm-hmm. Like she talked about this man's daddy and him being a daddy. And I was like, well, that's just, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. it just escalated so quickly so from him bad. calling her spoiled. It just, it just went, came out of nowhere. We actually it's way too far. That a little bit in one of our episodes about how to argue. Mm. there's some things that we refuse to do if we're going to argue we're not going to call each other names we're not going to walk away but we're not going to be forced the other person if they need space we allow space and what was the other thing we said we didn't do cursing people out we already said we don't oh call each other name curse oh we don't yell we don't yell so it's like there's things you gotta have if you go into an argument theo knows that yelling is my trigger if you yell at me i'm gonna have a problem with you Mm -hmm. so we don't Mm -hmm. yell and and i know that trigger for theo is like rejection or the idea that i'm leaving him or walking away like i don't have want to engage with him so i don't do that you need to know that about your partner and what's funny is that <laughs> she probably does and just, just disregarded it. And that's the sad part. Like she, like she knew exactly yeah. what to do to get to get a reaction. She literally came mm-hmm. in Mortal Kombat, like finishing immediately. Yeah, no, that was too much. And I think the producers did this very strategically where they cut to an entirely different representation of a couple who was already married um, with Monique and another Chris, Chris Samuels, who is, I heard Theo asked this on the recording, a former player for the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins. Yes, he's a football player, Chris Samuels. Yeah, I know who Chris Samuels is. If y'all don't know, I'm a big football fan and I'm a big, well, previously skinned. Fan. I don't know what to call my team now, but that's besides the point. Washington football team. Oh, yeah, that's that's nope. All the creative people in the room. Like, let me tell you something. Me and my English teacher was like, you could have called me. I'm so broke in quarantine. You could have called me and asked me to help you come up with a name, honey. Because the Washington football team, they didn't even try. They didn't even yeah, try. They really didn't. <laughs> like, girl, we we'll have a name next year. I'm not even worried. 
I certainly hope so. But, you know, you guys know, uh, if you're new to Potomac, Chris Samuels is, uh, he formerly played for Bama. He is very beloved by Bama. He played for the Washington Redskins, which is why um, he's really well known in the DMV area. And it's just one of the reasons why Monique was even casted for the show, obviously. And uh, they're going to date night. And their dynamic is actually one that is typically very um dangerous when it comes to housewives because they are the the quintessential this woman was casted who was usually a sideline person to this very powerful very personality driven man who in this case was an nfl star and now she is a star but i think they do something so totally different than so many other uh you know couples who come on these shows because chris's ego is like totally not in it he's just really there to support his wife and i really appreciate that they were going to this date night at a wine bistro that is actually right across the street from the restaurant that i worked at that they would not let me come and work at that day that they decided to film and for people who are watching this current season this is us they're across the street from the same restaurant where monique and giselle planned ashley's um coming out party so they're they're actually in potomac and this is one of the few reasons this is one of the few times that they're actually allowed to film in potomac people don't know that a lot of restaurants were telling them no until they kind of got to the popularity that they have today and really love this scene they're going out on a date night on like a regular wednesday right because it's a priority to them and i'm like oh they are definitely trying to tell us something about like the, the juxtaposition of relationships because one over there don't know how to fight and the other ones are like wednesday let's go love each other and have some wine and cheese and who healthy. doesn't love that it seemed very healthy i like the way that they were interacting mm -hmm. i like the way they were talking to each other first at, at some point i was even kind of doubtful i'm like is this as real as it is? Because, you know, things be fake on TV, especially reality. <laughs> he was like, no, no, I think he really support her. He <laughs> has, but you know what? He actually really does. I went to a live podcast recording. I've talked about it on my show of, of her, the, the wife. She has a podcast and it's pretty big now. So I went to a live version of it. And it was, he was that he's really supportive, but they kind of like work the room separately and come together, which I really, really liked. And Chris is talking about, how his wife needs to constantly make time for him in the midst of their, at the time, only two kids, they now have three, and her new ventures and this show, you know, in the show, which is unsaid. I mean, they can't mention it, but, you know, their date night, it's it's a great start, right? Like, that's a good way for her. Is that a good way for her to show him that she is trying to take care of him and, and give him attention yeah. to? I thought it was a really good start. What were you about to say, baby? I thought it was a, a good step in the right direction and like you said it was a real um parallel of like this is what you need this is what you don't need <laughs> this is how a marriage should work this is how a marriage should work I will say yep. that when he so they were talking at that um at their date night or whatever and he was saying that she she had like some type of illustration or whatever I he was like I feel like I need sure. to he I feel like you need to put me in that and I, I understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from in that situation because you know, you have a wife who's very busy, has, uh, obviously, you guys have children together, and then she has her business and stuff like that, and I feel like he was just saying, you're juggling all these other things, remember, like, I'm your husband, we need time together as well, and I, I respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's important that, um, for people who do not know, she was with him before he even got into the NFL, like, um, so, and he was drafted early, so he was really wanted, so um, she's been, like, that cheerleader for him for a very long time, and now, 
on this show, obviously he signed on to do it as well. In fact, you cannot be a full-time housewife. Um, to the two of you who do not know this, you can't be a full-time housewife like Monique is and be like in the credits unless your husband and kids film. So he he really signed on to fully like be invested in this world with her and kind of like let her take on this spotlight. But I didn't mind him being like, you know, I also I, I like you too. Like I, I would like some wife time. Like I would like some Monique time as well. Right. At least he still wants his wife, right? Yeah, that's what I said. It's very Absolutely. rare. How rare? Exactly. Um, yeah, crazy. But the good thing is that she's kind of just now establishing her identity outside of being a football wife because he's retired now and it's kind of her time. And instead of him only asking for her to be at home and take care of the kids and him, you know, she does have this new thing and she's starting this venture called Not For Lazy Moms, which is a website turned podcast turned whole like conglomerate now so it's it's important to have an identity outside of your spouse no I think it's very important I think we talked about this before it's it's important because at some point you have to realize that the thing that your partner fell in love with is more than your identity in that relationship yeah the whole thing that drew us together was well, I'm not going to speak of why you were drawn to me, but I was drawn to Theo because of the other things outside of him just being my boyfriend and not my husband. And I think mm-hmm. that is what keeps you interested because as the years go on, you change, things change, and you need to have an identity outside of mommy and wife or else you're going to go crazy. Yes, I think he definitely understands that. Does there need to be any waiting period um, where you are taking turns or can it happen simultaneously? I think it depends on the marriage. What do you think, baby? I think it can happen simultaneously. I mean, of course, uh, mm-hmm. everything kind of depends on those people that we're, we're all individuals, but I, I think it could happen simultaneously. I think Aww. we can both <laughs> do our own thing and, and remember our individual natures and personalities and this and that while still being a married couple, being parents, you know, whatever we, we are in that moment. We could put on different hats and still be effective. I, I agree. I, go ahead. For me, I think it, I I always like to say it depends on the marriage because every marriage is unique and however you establish it with your partner is your business and it's not for me. I'm not going to ever yuck somebody's yum. However, for our Mm -hmm. marriage, I believe it's possible for us to do things simultaneously because we have um, interests that overlap as well as diverge. So there are things that we do together that we really enjoy. Sometimes you take space and he does what he likes and I do what I like. And I think that that's the perfect balance. I love that. And, and it's really great to see that this couple who was years into marriage and dating, you know, while the other couple is not even down the aisle yet and they're tearing, you know, each other down and one can't even fight fairly. I think it's also really cute that the producers included Chris joking that Monique is spoiled and she knows how to spend money and she just kind of takes it in stride, which is what I thought was a great portrayal of um, relationship maturity. Someone who was like, it's just not important in that moment to fight back on that because, you know, if you're going to fight all the time because of every little thing, you might not, you might might as well not even be there. Also, that's somebody, to to me, that comes off as, Monique likes to be spoiled and I feel like that's fine it's there are women who just like to be spoiled and that's fine if you if I say you're spoiled and you like being spoiled then you're gonna joke with it you're gonna laugh you're gonna joke back and I don't know what I don't know what's up with Candace who mm-hmm. took such an insult that she had to that means like do you not want me to spoil you if you take me calling you spoiled as, a, as that much of an insult I don't I don't get it 
yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled, can't stop letting people spoil you. It's really not that hard because everybody takes care of you but yourself. Um, anyways, so the talk of the trip is what production, obviously, they have to kind of introduce the trip and they have to do it very uh, j- organically. And But I liked the way yes, Chris presented it. <laughs> <laughs> that's my fa- that's the reason why it's my favorite episode by the way because that mom is like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life but i love that chris is referring to his wife's methods of how she wants to raise her kids because yes although she is spoiled he is like listen i'm gonna take care of the kids while you go on this trip because i see how hard you work i'm gonna rub the oils on them things like this is a, a man from alabama he is so new to this world that she's created a very organic and holistic motherhood but he's respecting her wishes of how she likes to raise her children and he's like when you leave I'm gonna go ahead and slather them with the lavender and the calendula whatever you know and I got you while while you're gone and I appreciated that because me when my mama would leave my dad would be like I don't know what the hell she did so I'm gonna just go ahead and give you the stofers and the chef boy rd and we just gonna hope for the best and my mama would come back and have to basically unlearn me everything yeah, that's true. He was very involved. I like how he was with her when they were making the invitations and, and just being a real good supportive person or a supportive friend of like, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do, yeah, definitely invite those other girls and it's okay if they say no, that's your your heart. Your heart is in the right place. Yeah, you show you care about someone when you're willing to um, come outside of your normal for them, for, for something that right. they're doing, for something, you know, for a passion that they show or whatever, and you're willing to encourage them and, and actually participate in it, then that, that shows your caring. And it's I also, love that. We talk about that's important with marriage as well, that it's important to have friends outside of your marriage. Yes, Theo is my best friend, but I have girlfriends, and it's important that they support me, and I talk to them, and I feed into my relationship with them as much as I do in my marriage, because that balance again. There's a difference in what you get from your spouse being your friend and your girlfriends. I I completely agree. I love that he was like, I just want you to be happy. So whatever in this moment makes you happy, however I can contribute to that, I'm all down for. And um, I think they're definitely, even now, the most watchers put them on a pedestal of marriages because let me tell you something, they probably got one of like the top three strongest ones because there aren't very many to choose from. Because again, these shows really do show a dynamic change and a shift change where these women become valuable because they're pretty much sought after because they're kept or they're rich or whatever but not on their own accord nine times out of ten and so now they're on this platform where people care about them equally if not more than however successful their husband is and chris samuels is one that i think he does it really really right where he's like i he had his time to shine and he knows he was a very valuable member of his community and in his profession and he loves that his wife is now also being seen for how great that she is because he knows she great he picked her so i feel like that's you know a really healthy non-egotistical way of kind of showing up for your partner. And the sad part is, and now we're gonna transition into the third relationship dynamic in this episode. I did not know how many marriage things was going on in this episode until I rewatched it. And I was like, damn, everybody has a, a different situation happening over there. And now we have Ashley and Michael. That's the curly hair girl with the Australian man in the Australian restaurant, if you do not remember. The five hair girl? <laughs> Anywho. I will not bore y'all with the very wild shit that he has put her through from then to now and everything in between. But here are some things 
we saw. So what you saw was the one, she was the girl who was kind of like talking about her open mic night and they were talking about um, how they want to bring businesses to their restaurant that she started with her husband. But pretty much at the time, her husband was always nowhere to be found for the restaurant. It was all her. He was, I guess, put up the money and she put up the, the sweat equity, as they call it. Um, and we're into this conversation. We kind of like dip into a conversation that she's still having about how she really wants to have a baby. Michael, who is her much older husband, does not want to have a baby. Her response, her options are, I can throw in the towel and end my marriage, or I can sing this old man a song and change his mind. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit confused by that because sure. the first part, Me too. <laughs> I was like, wait, your husband said he didn't want to have a child with you. So to me, the part that got me a little hemmed up was with you. Why would you say with you if we're already married? Why would you have to specify that? Because he has kids who are her age. <gasps> Yikes. He's about okay, 60. So here's the thing. She's here's the thing. barely 30. or she's like, I think she's like 32 now. At the time, she was like 28. So I feel as though when you get, when as an as a older man marrying younger woman, marrying a younger woman, or and as a younger woman marrying an older man, you have to know these type of dynamics are going to play out eventually. I feel mm -hmm. like that's probably a conversation as far as a, a woman wanting to have children and being and falling and marrying an older man. That should be a conversation that you have before you get married. Why didn't they talk about this before? Why didn't she already know that he didn't want to have kids, any more kids? My question to y'all was going to be, is children production not something that you talk about extensively before marriage? Is it not something that comes up at least once? Yeah, these ones. I feel like that's a running joke when people be like, "Oh, we pick baby names at the date." You know what I'm saying? That's like a running joke. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna. I mean, people know that I've been in a long-term relationship. If you don't think that I have my baby names before I even have any semblance of what's gonna happen next, because that is a deal breaker. Her options really are throw in the towel or something else or get yeah. over it. Right, and that's like a foundational piece when when you're talking about a a, a real relationship, like. Do you want children? Um, you know, what like religion agreement, you know, stuff like that. Money topics. Money talks, uh, you know, that's politics. Stuff, that's that's stuff that you should probably have an agreement on before you even make the decision to get real deep into that relationship. That's top five. And then For the sure. fact that he already had kids, that means at some point you Around met those her kids. Age at that. And you met yeah. his kids and you didn't think to trigger like, hey, so about kids, are you done or what? Like he has a 28-year-old and a 25-year-old, and she is, I believe she's like 30 to 32. Yeah, that's crazy. Yo, that's wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. She was born in 88. I get the allure of an older guy wanting, like, going after young women. I, I, I get that, but he should have had that conversation, like, look, I already have children that are close to your age. I'm too old to be running around with no toddlers. We that's if you gonna marry me, that's not a thing. And she you gotta accept that. Yeah. So I don't know if they had that conversation before and it just And she, she acting dizzy and forgot like different. what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the dizziness of this bitch. She just forgot. I think she really did. I think she thought um, maybe she You cannot go into a relationship thinking I can change him or he's going to change. No, no, no. You have to go to the altar accepting the fact that if this person never changes, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Of course you want them to grow. Of course you want them to change. But the change can't be on your terms. They're never going to be exactly what you want them to be. And you have to be okay with that. 
oh yo mixologists we are all hearing these very beautiful and insightful and such reasonable words and now i know y'all are i know y'all are basically writing your dms to me now like i hope you told them what really happened so i'm, I'm gonna have to tell you because you're meeting us with so much reason that i just have to bring you back into this actual bullshit land that i live in every single week because you chose to join us this week so what's happening she did have a baby with this man we have what? had two to three cheating scandals since then though wait say that again wait huh we have had about two to three cheating scandals since then one that is actually taking place currently this season of season five that we're on um and while she has had her newborn so we start the season off season five that we're in now with her nursing and having her newborn and having postpartum depression and anxiety and we later will find out because it was all over the news and everything even in the post um so we he has a cheating scandal with women at a casino at maryland live casino out in arundel mills and um last season a cameraman for Bravo, a cameraman filed sexual assault charges against him. Wow. Yeah, mm -hmm. in the Montgomery County Courts. <laughs> Don't laugh at that, Theo. I'm just saying. He's <laughs> okay. left and right. I mean, he is. Hey, listen, whatever floats his boat, I mean. Yeah, that, I ain't that's, judging that yeah, part. I'm, I'm just it, trying it, to it, figure it, out it, why he's slinging it at all, not to his wife. Right. And. That is all of us, because it's all of our concerns. Would be they've asked like, her. I didn't want a child, so now that you are all like baby mom, you know, you're my wife, but like baby mom, that's not attracted to. I don't know, but that's that's wild. I have very many theories. I think a lot of my theories are rooted in um, the baby now can keep her distracted, so he could do other things, which is something that we've seen the on baby the show before as well. Yes, oh my God, the face, if I showed it to you, it's him, it's him reincarnated. And that's the main reason why I can't get behind this baby yet, because I love babies, but that baby is that man. Is, he's that man. But you know what's like? The woman is nowhere in that baby. The baby face. was born with an old face or something? The baby was born with his face, like his exact face. So you know, every time she look at that baby, she gonna think, damn it, yo, yo ain't shit daddy, or something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, is it a boy? Yeah. Yes, it is a boy named Dean. Okay, so two questions. If I remember correctly, that guy had beef with her mom, like the mother-in-law oh, and him yeah. had beef or something? That like that? was my very next question okay, for y'all, is Ashley is then seen fighting with her mother about how her husband does not acknowledge her in the room, doesn't want to talk to her when she reaches out to him. Um, Ashley's response to her mom is, if he doesn't want to talk to you, I can't make him. And while I'm not advocating that you can't, you can make your partner do anything, what are y'all's thoughts on your spouse being able to kind of opt out out of having a relationship with your parent or family member at all, let alone because they think they have like some kind of control or, uh, over you or in your relationship? Um, okay, so that's a, that's a good one. That's, <laughs> that's a layer question. That's, that's definitely a layer question. So I feel as though there's no, you know, you're a parent, in a relationship has no control over our relationship Facts. first and foremost yeah once i get married then it is it is my wife comes before anything that's just that's just how it is and it, it should be reciprocated as well now at that point you still have you have to respect my parent but they also have to respect you and it's up to whoever is in the middle of that so it's, if it's her parent if it's her mom and her husband it, she's in the middle of that it's up to her to kind of facilitate that respect between the two of them yeah 
What you think? I agree. I agree. I feel like it's it's up to me to, in some ways, be a moderator. It's not for me to facilitate in terms of, hey, I'm on the phone with so-and-so. I'm going to hand the phone to him. Now right. y'all talk. It's not for me to do that. But it is mm-hmm. up to me to make sure, for example, my father knows what I mean when I, when I say respect my husband and or when he's crossed the line and let him know, like, what you said, not cool. I'm not supporting that. You cannot speak to my husband that way and vice versa. You cannot talk about my father that way. You cannot talk to him that way. Y'all need to be cool. And if y'all in the same room, I expect the same, uh, you know, reciprocated respect. You need to say hey to him. You need to say hey back. It don't need to be, you know, in-depth conversation. Y'all don't have to force it, but something needs to be said. Even a dog will bark back if you say hey to it. Like, (laughs) that's it right there. I completely agree. My question whenever I saw that scene was always, did you have the same conversation with your husband the way you're putting your mom on pause and putting her in her cage and saying, like, listen, you need to respect him? I understand that he is your husband, but did you also have a conversation with your husband of how rude it is to walk into a room and not speak to your mother at all? I don't care if y'all beef or not. You can at least give a nod. It's a woman, first of all. And it's it's your wife's mother. Like, she, I was going to ask you about that. Like, is there some, do we get clarity, some background story? Like, why he got a beef with the mama? What was she doing? Um, well, he, he's a per, he's, he holds the purse strings, even for her mother. Mm. There's okay, a so, money so. dynamic. He likes to take, I think he likes to take care of people and um, in a way of control and not out of the goodness of his heart, but like he found this young woman who went to Maryland. She was uh, waiting tables at Busboys and Poets in College Park um, in Hyattsville where I frequented and when I went to Maryland. And she, I think, dropped out of school at some point. She grew up in Sandy Spring. They did not have a lot of money. She's a single mom. And um, her mom had bad relationship with the bad relationship and she has a younger brother and he swooped in and took up this woman and she kind of was like, hey, also, can you help me take care of my family? And so he kind of gives her money every month. But that also then means to him, he can treat all of them any old kind of way, however he wants to, though he kind of signed on for that, which I mean, when you hold the purse strings, ten, there tends to be a little bit more, um, power in that relationship whether you ask for it or not but it does feel like it was done with you know an extent of I can do whatever I want because I'm doing this for your mother so she should be also grateful that I'm handing her a check I don't have to say shit to her I understand that dynamic um I think it's it's probably different since he he went into it with money and she didn't have anything Mm -hmm. and so from the beginning and on top of that, he's old. He's a much older mm-hmm, than her. So mm-hmm. from the beginning, it was, I don't want to get crazy or weird, but like a, almost like a fatherly relationship yeah. to an extent because he, he is able. With, no, no, no. To, he it's can, real. Control. You're picking up on the right vibe. Her he husband actually looks a little bit like her father who was very absentee. Yeah. Is, oh, is, and then that's a whole nother level. Is if her father was absent. older than the mama? Is her husband, uh, yeah, he's about the age of her mother, if not a little bit older, yes. And, you know, later on, we have, a, um, a, you know, what you might expect of a woman who of, who looks like Ashley to marry a uh, older white man would be correct. Her father, there's, there's what, from what the very little that we know as viewers, it seems to be a little bit of had a moment with a black woman did not want to have the black child. 
Mm. So I think she was she's she was searching for you know there's you know and they, they've addressed it with her that there's a daddy complex or something happening there as you might expect there would be um, and I think that's another reason why she really wanted to have a baby with him specifically not just because of her biological clock and always wanted to be a mother I think she also really wanted to give a child that kind of would look like her in a sense the unconditional love that that baby needs that she didn't get. Mm-hmm. and let him know that you know that baby know that he is enough uh, Janae I literally just sent you the picture of the whole family um and what that baby looks like in relation Ooh, to that, wow. that is that man's son <laughs> that is definitely okay, his that she, son. so she had a white father and then obviously I saw her mom and then she's with him. Okay, so it's, you know what, the picture's coming together for me. It's starting to click. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So their dynamic is very interesting, but I, I think that Ashley's just trying to hold on to her marriage however she can. And I can understand that, but what I do not understand, this is the transition yet again, is Candace and Chris back over to them who are trying to, seemingly they're trying to hold on to something, but it also seems like she's also trying to like let go. Like she's bracing herself for a relationship that she will end or something like that. So we see them going to get prenups and I'm not against, I come from a family of lawyers. So I was raised very differently and I also come from a broken family. So I have a very different relationship with prenups because I had to testify my own parents' divorce. And that is a nightmare to put your children through. But a lot of times it's necessary when there's nothing in place beforehand. Um, but but what, I, what I am against is Candace's attitude. And she walks into the attorney's office going, are you ready to plan our divorce? And I was like, huh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. no and he was like no that's not what we're doing it's marriage insurance and she was like no yes you're right marriage insurance i'm like honey are you ready to go you can just tell this man you don't you don't have to do this you know you actually can just go ahead and like you know not get a prenup and just maybe save money on the wedding and maybe just live together until you're done because it seems like you're done or you know you're gonna be done at some point yeah so i know when we were watching it i know there's audio of this when we were watching it i was saying it seems as though they're they're getting right like before they get married they're getting ready for, to to in in the wedding or in the marriage. First of all, I mean I'm not saying I'm against prenups, but I go I we went into our marriage with the understanding that there, there was it. There's no such thing as divorce. That's just how we approached it. I understand everybody doesn't approach it like that, and I I even understand prenups if you know when when people come into it with their own assets and stuff like that. But the mm-hmm. mindset that they approached it with was the problem. They are with the understanding that we're probably going to get divorced. And that's, that's exactly how they were talking to the lawyer. And it was just shocking. It's like, what, like you said, what's the point of even getting married if you're going to approach it with the understanding that more than likely it'll be a few years and then we're done. Right. And it seemed like he was very much so there for her, though he had the most to lose. If you didn't catch it, she yeah, had I stuff did. with her mother. She had much anyway. Yeah, she was like, oh, I just started a hairline. Honey, ain't nobody coming for your hairline in this divorce. I promise. Girl, girl. If you don't go ahead. And he's like, yes, he's a beverage director um, and a general manager with some, a little bit of ownership. We don't know how much in a a barbecue restaurant with a very famous pit master in um, Alexandria, Virginia. So if anybody has something to lose, it's this man. And he seemed like his whole attitude, his stance, his posture, everything was like, I'm here because she want me to be here. And it's like, it is what it is. Like, and because yeah. he didn't even offer that information. The, the lawyer had to ask him, and right. do you work as well? And he was like, yeah. 
I own a restaurant. I was like, oh, <laughs> this man was simply like, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. Like, if she take it, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want from me? And she was like, I'm like, if you're out there with your concubine doing concubine things, yeah, I'm gonna want some spousal support. If you think this man is going to cheat, honey, you don't have to. No, where is the gun to your head? I just don't understand. Like, you don't have to be here. Yeah. If he staying with you after you talk to him like a dog, I don't think he gonna be the one to, to do something. <laughs> you better say that. You the that one is, that's treating him that like is the period. A slave. You the one that's the beating him down. So out of all of the two of you, I would bet money that you're gonna do something, not him. You'll be the one to leave. You're the one who took off your ring when you cursed him exactly. out. Exactly. Like you initiated. You the one that be jumping he, out. The the plane. If he lit a match, you pour lighter fluid on that bitch. And so you blew it up out the spot and you took your ring off in protest. And that's why I'm like, girl, if anybody's gonna go, it's gonna be you. So are you prepared to give him spousal support? Because at the point where, you know, in the state of Maryland, sometimes you're entitled, depending on if you have a prenup or not, um, you can be, whoever makes more is entitled to, uh, well, the person who makes less is entitled to ask for spouse support. Mm-hmm. doesn't really matter the gender. And if she's on the show still, if they ever did get divorced, she would potentially be making more than him. So I suggest she go ahead and um, reel it in, bring it, bring it back. And yeah, I, would y'all... The vibe ahead of the marriage, not positive, right? Not at all. Absolutely not. Not at all. I don't see this going long-term at all. (laughs) Just being real with you. There's no way. And I don't know if you did, babe, but I was looking at her ring, and, like, statistically, the bigger the ring, the quicker the divorce, the more likely statistical probability (laughs) that you'll get. I just heard that the other day because I – have had a conversation with someone on the wall at the point where I'm at, if I, if someone asked me to be married, you can just throw the ring pop at me. I really don't care. Where I'm at in my trust level, I don't really care. I just want the, the, but pretty much at this point, the title and the name, because I just want to be with that person. I don't care. Like, it could be small, big, whatever, but uh, some people want it to be very large and lavish. And I'm like, well, then you are you are really in it for the wrong reasons at that point. Yeah, that's and and that's it, what you're stacking it towards. And then you talking about, you add in the mix of her talking to him crazy. And then you said their, their wedding was really expensive. That's something else too. Statistically, crazy the expensive. more expensive your wedding is, the more likely that you will get a divorce. <clears throat> Kim Kardashian. And so I just feel that just all of this don't seem like a really good mix. Yep. Um, would y'all marry Candace? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so Janae so just left her on the curb for multiple reasons. Like, so y'all were talking about the ring size and, and marriage and, all, and and the wedding and all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with large rings and and expensive weddings. My thing is, if we we talked about this a lot. If you put more, uh, you you put more importance on the day of wedding or the the material things around the marriage instead of the actual marriage, the actual relationship is doomed to fail. So right off rip it seemed as though she put more importance on the material things that they that they would accumulate or have accumulated mm-hmm. between the two mm-hmm. uh, uh, instead of the actual relationship so once i see that i'm like well yeah there's no reason for me to stick around in this because you're you obviously not worried about me you worried about the ring i'm giving you and the wedding that you're gonna have and mm-hmm. and being all lavish and, and stuff like that that's not the whole point of this so yeah there's no way 
I completely agree. I mean, she even said, she said that she, at first people had told her, you know, maybe she get a prenup. Um, I, I believe it was because she has a trust fund. And so, you know, when it comes to things like that, I can understand because you're protecting family's money. And he even said, I don't want her family's money. And she said, well, you don't know what happens when you get mad. Now, I do believe that. I have an issue with where she was like, um, in her confessional, when it was just her talking to camera, she was like, um, it wasn't until the fight that I had with Chris and I was like, maybe I need to rethink this. I was like, wait a minute. You stopped the fight, girl. Right. This is your fight. He didn't try to touch you. That's the thing. And in fact, what we don't, what y'all don't, what y'all don't see, eh, because it was just a flashback, is that when she sent him that, he didn't respond. Like, he just chose to let it go. Like, he chose to not talk about it until, like, the next day or two days later when we see that flashback. That was their first time talking about it, according to them. So he chose not to respond. He didn't text back because, A, yeah, he was hurt. But he also was, like, not trying to go toe-to-toe with her. So he knows how to fight. And he's not thinking about fights. But for some reason, that fight really triggered her. She wants to make sure that whenever she decides that she's done, she could just be out the door. And... No, even the lawyer was like, honey, it don't be that cut and dry, even with this paper involved. Like, even both of y'all had to get separate lawyers to make sure we can match it up. And the idea that they had to get separate lawyers just because she had that one fight, if that's your motivation, if your motivation to get a prenup was because you had one fight, you're off to a wrong start. Like, that, that's, that's the wrong motivation. And if he didn't even, didn't even respond right then and there, can you really classify that as a fight? She just, she basically mouthed off and it was over if he didn't even respond. Yep. Exactly. And it feels like, who disrespect is a uh, bitch this episode because we are back to Michael and Ashley at their restaurant at this open mic night that they were planning. And Michael is late. Um, and it seems like it's something that did bother her because A, it's their restaurant, his restaurant as well. And it's her event, so it should be really their event because they're both owners. But if it's something important to her, he could have at least came on time. How important is it to try and honor what is important to your spouse? Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, so when I was looking at it, I was thinking, you know, we don't know. I don't know where he was coming from. I don't know what he does to make money if he's a businessman. He's in real estate, real estate development, but it's it's his own firm, so he it makes his hours. So he was coming off of a, of a flight or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I don't know where he was coming from. I'm not going to make excuses or anything. It's definitely important to make your wife a priority. I mean, point blank, period. If something is, is that important to her, like, and, and especially something that she put together, she feels like she put effort into putting together like an open mic night and stuff like that, then he should make, he should definitely make an effort. And it seems like what's hap- what happened is, He's like, look, I'm a businessman at, at first and foremost. So that that comes first. It seems like he puts his business first and wife comes mm-hmm. second. Yeah, like he he grandfathered her into his life and didn't try to create a life for them. Yeah. Right. Mm, interesting. Um, and then we get the song that's supposed to change his mind. It um Is that what that was I am, it, 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 I'm not a man, but I, my mind wasn't changed. I would uh, definitively not have a baby with her after hearing oh, that I song. Definitely you second that. I definitely second that. Okay, so I feel better. What's happening here? Yeah, it was um, it was a song that she wrote with her brother, uh, and it's so cute that she's like, "This was my talent at Miss USA," and I was like, "I can see why you didn't win it, girl." Yes! Talent. One of the housewives summed it up perfectly. 
She is not a singer, but she is singing to her man, and that's what we're taking from right. this. Right. Okay. That's exactly. Mm-hmm. So, we didn't like the song. It was no, not good. No, it did not get them in the baby-making mood. I don't see that being the thing that they probably listened to when they did inevitably make their first child. Um, no, it was a display of love, though, and it was a brave one at that, right? It was like, it was a brave display of love. It was definitely brave. Can I just say, I thought it was hilarious. When he he was the one he stood up and kind of like slow clapped a little bit, I know. and you could tell he didn't really like the the performance didn't necessarily deserve applause. No, but he's not. like, you know what, my wife put put herself out there. I gotta give her something because mm-hmm. it 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 was it was slightly painful, but he tried. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. he was like, let me go ahead and just you know give her a little gas, a little little one two, little applause yeah. right there. I was uncomfortable just watching it, so I can't believe she wasn't uncomfortable listening and her looking at him. I was uncomfortable. Yeah, and what's funny is she's gone on to to perform that at quite a few places. Virginia's Virginia's Pride Parade, like their LGBTQ plus Pride every year, that they like to ask her to do it there, and I'm like, that's not what the gay people want. No, I don't know what they want, but they don't want that. That's not what's going to make them feel good. The gays was going to probably let her know that they didn't want that. <laughs> like I think they like her, but they don't like. That's not gonna make them feel good about oppression in their world. Like I don't think right. that's gonna make them feel better. <laughs> so it's we're pretty much at the end. I did enjoy the brave love, uh, the brave display of love. You know, there you know we don't always get to see that on the show on these shows. So that's really great because some of them spend so much time kind of fighting with their spouse or not including their spouse in their world. Um, brave displays of love. Are are we fans? Is that something that you guys like to do in your relationship, or y'all kind of more low key? Oh, we're definitely low key. I'm not the type of person that appreciates um big grand things. I like so people please that, don't get on a stage. Yeah, but that's the extent of my public affection. You can kiss me and hold me. That's it. Do not like say anything out loud. Sing to me. Don't put me up on the Megatron on the billboard. No thank you. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's hilarious. We're more private of a couple. We we could do all that stuff to each other, and 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 that be good enough. Yeah, and that's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of. I think I know with this, but um, which relationship where you were like, okay, that's kind of dope. Like, oh, I need some prayer. Oh, first I got some questions. Oh, I have some answers. The older lady. Is she married? Karen, yes, she's married. They're all married except for, at this time, except for uh, the two who got to the the open, night, open mic night first, Robin and Giselle. Those are the only two at the time who are not married. Giselle is formerly, she was, she used to be a preacher's wife uh, with Pastor Jamal Bryant, who was a mega church pastor in Baltimore. And Robin, is divorced from Dixon, who it was a male player. Mm. And who is now re-engaged to, because the divorce is over. He fell in love with her again. Yay, we love love. What about the, like, I think she's Latina. She looked Latina than me. She had nope, three they kids. are all black. Okay. The black lady, she liked kind of, she light-skinned. <laughs> The one with the kids had the Ravens gear on. The one that came, the um, the mom took her outside and was speaking to her in French. 
Oh, yeah. So most of the Karen and Giselle, when the mom came uh, to interrupt their endeavors, both of them, one is married, the older one is married, Karen, and the other one with no, the green she eyes. She's... It was her and her kids. He shut up to her house. He knocked on her house door. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's the one who used to be married to uh, Juan Dixon. Okay. Engaged to him, but she was divorced at the time. Her, his kids. Oh, Juan Dixon, the, the basketball player, Maryland basketball player. Yes, yes, yes. Ooh. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah, and he is there getting remarried because they fell in love again because they never moved out of the house because they couldn't afford two separate homes. Yeah. That's real. You know, that's that real. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So I have a, I have a question. So this trip, what? How did you feel about? I think it's Monique, the one that's married to Chris. Uh huh. Um, and she wanted to invite all these people to her to her birthday trip, and it seemed like they, she didn't barely get along with ha- most of them. Yeah, and and yeah. I don't understand why you would invite people to spend time with you on a birthday in on another country, birthday. and you pay for it, and they don't even rock with you like that. Yeah, and, help me. And they made it clear that that oh, a few of them made it clear that they didn't rock with her. Two like of them that. was like, "Hey, tell the other girl I don't like her, but I'll go to France." <laughs> How you send somebody else to send your decline for your invitation? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, so um, this actually is great because this was my 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 final question. It kind of was a, a pivot into a a different franchise, but it's a dynamic that I really, really, really have never gotten a spouse's perspective on. But what do when that happens? Because I'm with you. I wouldn't want to spend my birthday with these people either. Now I have the knowledge of watching these shows enough to know they're it's their group trip, and basically for it to be on camera, they are all required to go unless they pretty much do decide to forfeit money, and they're like, "I'm not going." And so she kind of had to invite them all, but her attitude was like, "I'm going very, you know, gracious about it, more gracious than I would have been whether I whether I was forced to invite them or not." However, there is another franchise where, um, and it's in the Beverly Hills, where currently there's a wife on there. Um, name is Denise Richards and she her husband is coming to a lot of these events more and more because the women don't like her very much and they keep coming after her and he keeps showing up because he's like listen I'm playing bodyguard here and you're not going to talk to my wife in your kind of way but you can talk to me if you want to and we could try to play this game but I really wanted to get that perspective of what happens when you know it's your wife's thing right and you're like she obviously Janae I know Janae she can handle herself but if these people are like kind of coming after her for whatever reason and for whatever reason just hypothetically she has like lost all sense of judgment and she has not decided to let go of all of them yet Theo where are you stepping in do you step in at all do you let her you know handle it do you just let her vent when she come home like are you for addressing them do you like wait until it pops off to a certain extent like where where do you find yourself when so when your wife's friends might get a, might get a little crazy so that's a good question i feel it, that's also layered so to me like you said my wife can handle herself <laughs> I, I really don't have to worry about that but if i did it would have to do with janae it would have to do with her she would let me know I, we would talk about it and she would be like she would let me know if she could handle it or not and even if she said she could but it was progressing to a point where i felt like what well, wasn't healthy or somewhere that that it doesn't need to go then yeah i show up i would i might i would show my support now whether i said anything would depend on who said something to me <laughs> to be real with you okay so 
you know, because there's something like I think my presence could do a lot without my with with words not necessarily having to be there. Mm-hmm. But that just depends mm-hmm. on who on on you know what's being said. Honestly, if 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 people were being disrespectful, would I step up and say things? Absolutely, because you because she's a part of but me. You don't get to disrespect a part of me and me not say anything. And Janae, you does that help like do you feel like you know would you let because if you know your husband and you know that there's definitely probably a line and then somebody crosses it with you that he's going to step in are you ushering that willingly or are you like oh no I, let me look are you trying to regulate the situation so he doesn't have something um ooh, i think i think first of all theo's right his presence would do a lot for those that don't know, my husband is like 6'3", very big black man. Most people find that intimidating. He's the sweetest person, but most people... Myself, I found him lovely. Huh? I found him lovely. Yeah, he's the <laughs> sweetest person. He's the big teddy bear, but most people looking at him, I've seen people like see him and then go the opposite way or like walk around him. It doesn't help that you're small, Janae. <laughs> <laughs> right. So being a, a very small nature person... I can understand why somebody might think that they could run up on me because they don't know that I have hands. But <laughs> if my husband was around, they wouldn't do that because I have definitely threatened people with, you don't want me to call my husband. If Ooh. I call my husband, you're going to regret what you just said to me. So you don't want to cause a problem with me because if he roll up here, you are going to be afraid. Um, but then if it was, if he was there and people were disrespecting me, I would want him to step in because I feel the same way. Nobody's going to talk to him any kind of way and disrespect him. So I would want him to step in. And I know that my friends and Theo know each other very well enough that I feel that it wouldn't be like out of pocket or like out of the norm for him to be like, yo, what's going on right now? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because they actually know each other. They have a relationship. They're not strangers. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think that we sometimes, especially when I talk about these shows and we review, we focus on them so linearly and and, and, in a vacuum. And I'm always like, no, wait a minute. I am a partner. And I know for a fact, if you come at my person sideways, I probably am going to be like, well, hold up. Because what she may not have is time, but Theo might have the time. Yeah. So hold on. So what we're not gonna do is this. And I have never found that to be a problem. But in, you know, on this particular show on Beverly Hills Housewives, uh, Denise keeps bringing her husband around, which to me already, like in in real world, it's like if you keep feeling you have to bring over around your spouse because you do not like the environment. I, obviously, I would leave, but this is like this is their job, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm going with you because you have to go to work, but I'm gonna make sure things don't get crazy and they don't come to you any old kind of way. And he sometimes he's even like, listen, it's time to go home. I'm not, we're not, we're not gonna know with this no more. And I'm like, wait a minute, in real life. I feel like I respect that because that feels like it's normal. Like that feels a little bit more normal. So yeah. it, I really needed a perspective of a married couple to be like, no, actually, believe it or not, I'm not gonna just let my spouse get railroaded. Right. No, that's definitely normal. Um, I don't know how often those couples hang out together or anything, because like I said, Theo and I don't watch reality TV. But when we interact, nine times out of ten, we are doing things together because we are friends with our mm-hmm. friends. That's the point. So it's like, it's not, it wouldn't be out of the norm for me to be like, you know, I don't like the way you said that or 
are you okay? Do you need me to say something? Because I noticed something was said. Like, if we were all hanging out in a group and something was said, I would immediately send Theo a text like, you good? You need me to step in? And if he was like, oh, yeah. what I did some type of way, I sure would cause a scene. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That feels very right um, and on par. So yeah. I definitely feel like that's a perspective that we here needed. Um, and overall, are you proud of what our, our state has put out on, on television? Or are you very concerned with the idea of how love is going down in Maryland? I am concerned. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a solid. I think Chris and Monique got something solid. I think that's. I think I said that right, Chris and Monique. I yes. think they got something solid. Everybody else um, could could benefit from some counseling for sure. Yeah, some prayer, some counseling, some crystals, a some a positive word, yes. a Bible scripture, um, mm. some some you know some feedback, anything, everything, something. everything, something. You know, but one thing that I will say, one thing I know for sure is that y'all's marriages on point. I've never seen people, I've seen her many a couple try to dissect the housewife show and very, very few do it correctly. I thank y'all for coming on here and giving us a little peek into your world over there, Planet Millennial Marriage. Please, please tell the people where they can find you, where they can, because I know they're in love now, so you got to let them know because they're running. They're running. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want, you can check us out. Our podcast is called Planet Millennial Marriage and subscribe we're available on all platforms that you can get a podcast and yep and we're on instagram with planet millennial podcast i think it's planet millennial marriage it's planet millennial marriage podcast something like that yeah but we're, we're on the gram <laughs> as well um we post uh all the time so definitely follow us follow us we got some good content and we're just trying to um we're just trying to see people win that's all yeah. we want so we're new to this but we're true to this and you can definitely guarantee that you'll get real answers real life our podcast is just a conversation about marriage and we're always accepting and um open to questions that people have and we're looking forward to our future episode because we're going to have imani on to ask questions that a, a um a young person has always wanted to know from a married couple yes. <laughs> oh yeah i don't have many um so yes guys i mean honestly you want to check out their podcast their dynamic that back and forth thing it's like wow i'm like wow that's a team like right there i like teams <laughs> so it's really to see especially when you want a little break from the tumultuous marriages that we watch every single week so please check them out on um everywhere you podcast or where you're listening to this one and on instagram at planet millennial marriage and of course if you love me you're welcome to let me know uh by leaving a review five stars all of that good those good things if you don't love me i suggest you go find someone you do love and let them know you love them obviously you can follow me on twitter instagram and even on facebook and join the facebook group at mixing with money m-i-x-i-n-g-w-i-t-h-m-a-n-e as always, if applicable to you, though it should be, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay harmless. Until next week. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Mani, M I X I N G W I T H M A N I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.